Hello, everyone. Welcome to World of War Comics. My next guest, Miss Sarah Frazetti, uh, owner of Frazetta Girls. Uh, man, a lot of stuff. Writer. Um, also, I like to announce, right? So we have Vampirella. We have Red Sonia. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure having you. Big fan of everything that you are doing over at Frazetta Girls, keeping that legacy alive of Frank Frazetta and everything that he created so many years ago. Um, that still brings a lot of joy to a lot of people. Appreciate you being on. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, he really did make an impact. And it's like I've been I've been in the museum. We we opened a museum um, seasonally, uh, sometimes just for a month. And it's a museum that my grandparents opened. And it's such an amazing opportunity because you have all of these artists that come in and share their anecdotes and their personal stories. One so we open um, the Frazetta Art Museum in Florida. Uh, every year. And it's um, my mother's collection of original art that she inherited from my grandfather. And it's really amazing to just connect with other artists and just fans who come in and share stories that I've never heard before. And just to see that that excitement, like you said, it's it's he he stands the test of time and everyone to this day finds him as like their their biggest source of inspiration. So it's pretty it's pretty incredible when you have that kind of talent and you're authentic what you can what you can do for the world yeah absolutely i mean i i'm thinking there there is kind of a re um uh, resurgence of like fantasy storytelling and if i feel like uh frank frazetta is always kind of in the background of that storytelling um the impact obviously that he's had within that genre is huge from conan to everything else that he's worked on um, are you starting to see or have you seen over the last like five or six years more and more people coming to the website? Are you seeing traction in that area as people either gain knowledge of what his impact has been on the industry for the first time or just a return to some of that storytelling? Yeah, I I, I see a huge resurgence and I also see a lot of new fans. I mean, and I it's even I think, you know, having such a present on presence on the Internet, of course, doing all of these ventures, comics action figures, uh, just kind of putting it everywhere, guitars with Adam Jones. It's like all these people from all walks of life, they'll be, I met someone at the museum yesterday and he goes, I remember the Bantam books from my, when my dad had them as when I was a little boy, I saw that Egyptian queen. He goes, that's what I think it was. And I'm like, it was Egyptian queen. He goes, yeah. And I, I remember the image. I just didn't know who Frazetta was. And so people, it's like a subconscious thing. They always have like either the Death Dealer Conan or Conan the Adventurer or Egyptian Queen embedded in their head where they saw it and they knew it was a specific artist because the style was just so strong and so different, especially in the 60s. I mean, he just came in and changed the game. So, yeah, I, and, I, and, and I just think that, you know, in, in terms of storytelling, it's like Frazetta really, his paintings, they, they you can go in all different directions with stories because that's, that's he was a storyteller when he when he was a an illustrator. Yeah. And I mean, that storytelling took place at a very young age. I think I read Snowman was one of his first um, titles or characters that he created. And I think he was, what, 15 when it was actually published or 16 yeah. years old, something like that. Yeah, That's he was crazy. 16 years old. It was he was just at Bernard Bailey's erasing pencil lines and 
uh, the guy, John Gunta, who he was working for, he noticed my grandfather putting like, he, you know, had tons of these little flip books because he was a madman and he was just drawing all the time. So he did this little flip book of uh, his own character called Snowman. And John Gunta looked over and he goes, what are you working on, kid? And he went through it and he goes, oh, my God, you have talent, like a lot of talent. And he, like 15 years old, he said, let's publish something. I'll, I'll help you and teach you how comics work. And that that's set the tone for the rest of his career that's incredible man at such a young age too right yeah they were working early back then though because i mean they, <laughs> they didn't have a choice <laughs> it was the great depression era they're like yeah kid you're not going to sit home and draw all day you're going to go get a job so there was a little bit more pressure which you know could be good yeah i think well having four kids i could tell you i think it could be good for sure <laughs> yeah, get them started get them used to it at a young age so they're not like shocked when they get out of college and go to work for the I rest work of my for life. things that I want <laughs> <laughs> to wake up to an alarm. Oh, yeah. You have to prepare because otherwise it is a shocking moment in life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's pretty exciting. I mean, let's talk a little bit about uh, you, Sarah, um, because uh, you've done so many amazing interviews that I've been able to watch. And we certainly talk about Frank a lot as we should. Um, but let's talk a little bit about you. Um, and your passion around what your grandfather has done and uh, all the work that you have done to kind of bring all that together and to be able to kind of lead that. Can you talk about when your passion um, for what your grandfather um, did um, started to become part of who you are? Yeah, I mean, my passion for my grandpa was always just passion for grandpa. You know, yeah. I loved him. He was my he was like a father to me. I um, I lost him when I was 20 years old. So I did get to spend a lot of time with him, 35 now. Um, but I really didn't understand the impact of his work. My grandma really kept it like, she was like a vault. <laughs> she kept it all locked in and and very secured. And just, I think, I think it was a nice thing that she did because then we always could see grandpa as grandpa. And he was so humble that you know, what he, he didn't he didn't really want to like fill, uh, talk and theorize about his art or and he never did in his career. So why would he with his grandchildren? But um, it was after he passed away um, and the, the state was divided. Um, I really wanted to work in a creative industry. I was working in post-production at the time. And, you know, I was always just a very creative person and wanted to work in something a little bit not as, I guess, stringent. I, I liked I liked to to be the boss. I was always pretty bossy growing up, so that's that's a hard that's a hard thing when you're getting in an industry when you have to be one of the, you know, just coexist with everyone and fall in line. So it was an interesting, you know, transition in, in in my life just finishing college and my mom said to me, you know, Sarah, we finally got the estate kind of separated where we can do our own thing now. Uh do you want to start a business with me uh for your grandfather? You you loved him. She was like really pushing it. She's like, you, you, I know, I know the family thing. It's, it's a lot, a lot of stress, but remember how much you love your grandfather and think about that. And I'm like, I, yes, I do. So it was also enticing because uh, the filmmaker, Robert Rodriguez was working with us at the time and he was going to remake the fire and ice as a live action film. And again, I saw that as like a, um, almost like an easier way to, to come in and rebrand Frazetta from what it had been in the past. And, and Robert really gave us that, gave me that vision and my mom, that vision of like how full sublimation shirts could look, how big giant lithographs with black borders, like simple things. But again, because I wasn't ever inserted in the business as like a, a young girl, I didn't 
note, I didn't really take note to how my grandma and my uncle were running things, but I knew I didn't want to be involved in that way. So when Robert came in, I was like, yeah, I, I can see the future of Rosetta. Um, and I know this is a really long answer, um, no, but, but over, over the years, um, you know, it, it was always for, for many years, I mean, six years, at least it was a very part-time job because it was, we had to, we had to gain respect that we are, we're a business. People can trust us buying things online. Our website was extreme. I mean, I was saying, I was selling things from Facebook at first. I didn't even have a website and we built a website. It was a very, you know, bad website and we had to just keep evolving. And my partner, Joe came in, in 2017 and my partner, Joe, he was just always this like really, really savvy online. He started an online business when he was 14 years old. Um, and so he had this, he had this idea of like where to take Frazetta girls. And that's when we really started to take off as like a with merchandising and, you know, licensing and, and, but we, but we, the more we evolve, we want to take control of just about everything because that's just the way, you know, that's the way it has to be. You have to be independent. Otherwise, otherwise you get a lot of resentment and you realize you think you can't trust anyone, but it's, it's simply business. You just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how um, all that came together, the licensing? Because my understanding is you didn't have the rights to everything at the beginning, but it seems like all that has been coming together over the last few years. Is that correct? Uh, mostly correct. I have, I mean, what we've done with Frazetta Girls is we've reached out to many of the IP holders because my grandpa was an illustrator, worked for hire. He did a lot of IP for Creepy and Eerie, a lot of work for EC, uh, work for Conan. And and for a long time, the family had really hadn't been in touch or I, I don't really want to speak on their business relations, but it wasn't an amicable business relationship and what we wanted to do is we wanted to be very fair and and respecting ip owners because they've always been very fair and respecting frazetta yeah. so we've partnered with them and have been able to use a lot more images now and because of them respecting us and us respecting them so again life um but there is some some uh, some a couple of the family members who are still you know they, they have their certain amount of images that they can license. And so it's not all together, but we have a huge collection that we're able to license, which is more than enough. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And, you know, titles like Fire and Ice, I believe you have, right, which is huge. With the backies, yeah, yeah. Exactly, that's gigantic, yep. right? Oh, my God. And that's, a, I mean, Fire and Ice has just been so sentimental to me. I mean, I, I, de I definitely have to retract of saying I don't didn't know as much about my grandpa when it comes to fire and ice. I knew because I started watching fire and ice when I was like five, but I guess when I like trying to grasp how, how much my grandpa did on that as a, a young kid, I now even still diving into it. I was like, God, he, you know, he was basically the director. He was co-directing with Bakshi on so many levels and his, it, it's, it's really, really amazing. So I, I was always um, a fan of fire and ice and having the ability to work now with, the backsheets and you know Ralph himself is 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 having approvals and I think it's just it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, and even the I think how they developed that animation at the time was so far ahead of what anybody else was doing. What was it called Roto? Uh, Roto yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible, right? Taking kind of live action and then doing animation out of that live action, and then when you watch it today, it still holds a uh, very. Uh, 
I don't know, updated. It feels very updated, the style of art that was used during that time frame. And I feel like there's been a almost, I don't know, people are being exposed to it for the first time. And uh, it's pretty fun to watch someone watch it going, holy crap, this is this was an 83. Yeah. 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 No, and it's it is they did a great job because their budget was 1.2 million yeah. and that kind of rotoscope animation like what Steve Gordon he was the animation director and he's told me so many times god bless Steve what actually is what what goes in the rotoscope animation because animation because if you look on the internet it says oh they just trace over the live action and it's it's not that simple it's it's having to go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of frames pick them, key them, animator, go, it goes to the animator, goes back to the animation director, then it goes to right. route, then it goes back. It's this like laborious process that's like ex excruciating. And I know, I know it was excruciating for my grandpa because he's like, after it was done, he was like, I'm, I don't really want to ever do rotoscoping again. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. thanks. <laughs> Well, so, so yeah. you, you talked a little bit about Robert Rodriguez, and I know I think in 2010 is when he was working on a live action. Do you think we'll ever get back to that again? I hope so. I know Robert, I talked to him recently, and he's still very passionate about it. To be blunt about it, I think the timing just has to really be right in terms of like what people are accepting of. And for a while now, we've gone through this period of, you know, no scantily clad women. And that really is a problem for Frazetta because yeah, a, little you know, bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, you know, it's so I think once we get back to that, the pendulum is always swinging. And once we, once it swings the other way and we get back to understanding that some of us just, uh, some of us just want entertainment. We're yeah. not thinking about it. So philosophically, we just want to see beautiful looking creatures and humans. I think then the time will come for a uh, live action Frazetta. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're getting there. I think the pendulum went too far on one side and now it's kind of correcting a little bit. So I'm hoping that we get to that point because the stories are amazing. And, uh, you know, the the art that uh, your grandfather put forth in those stories is crucial to the storytelling or it's not fire and ice, right? It just it doesn't exist without that. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we get back to that. And, uh, yeah, it'd be amazing to see Robert because I've read some of his articles talking about fire and ice and the passion that he has around uh, that storytelling and what Frank Frazetta meant to him growing up as a, a creator, um, the impact that he had on him. I, I know there's like a, I think there's a, a, a genuine respect that Robert has um, for yeah. the, the fire and ice. And I think he's the right person to, to take it to live action if it happens. Yeah. He's honestly, like you said, he's one of the most passionate Frazetta fans I've ever met still to this day. I mean, his, <laughs> his inventory of which paintings are like what the dates and his, his <laughs> he has a huge Frazetta original collection all throughout his home. And it's like just every wall is Frazetta. I mean, that's how I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, he even yeah. has like statues made of the art derivatives and, and takes photos of the, so photos of the, the statue in different seasons. Like he's, he, he loves it. Like he just everything because Frazetta is the reason he said he became Robert Rodriguez. It, it propelled him to take wow. a chance and and do do art film his way, just like Frazetta did art his way. I mean, so it gives everyone that little bit of like that that fire to say, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be confident about this, and I'm gonna go with my vision. No one's gonna tell me what's right and wrong. I love it. I love it. That's how it should be, right? Yeah. I mean, otherwise, we're not gonna get real art. Like you have to be you have to be 
willing to be really, really vulnerable and people to think, what? Like, and, and not, I mean, anything, any, even like music that I hear that's very like innovative at first, I'm kind of like, and then it grows on me and I'm like, oh, okay. Like yeah. we have to be able to give it a chance. Otherwise we just start recycling everything like Marvel does. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, that might be one of the issues with Marvel is just the recycling and not new storytelling, but yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, now, can we talk a little bit about comics? Because you have this new partnership with Dynamite. We have Fire and Ice issues one and two. Um, that are, I'm, I'm waiting for issue three to come out, but uh, I'm super excited about that. You have one of the most amazing fantasy writers on this title as well. Like, oh, well, it's incredible. Man. He is He's the man. He is the man. And he. I knew he was the man from Fables. I mean, yeah. what do you, I mean, it's crazy. And then, and then I, I, I wasn't a reader of Fables. I, of course, skimmed and looked. and But it was really Bill's, I don't even know who he was talking to, but he was on an interview with someone. And I, I instantly, again, like that gut kind of godly thing going on where I was like, my grandpa would have really liked him. Um, he kind of had like this dark cynical sense of humor but at the same time he's like really sweet so he's like this like paradox of a person kind of like my grandfather yeah. and I was like I really like him and I and, he, and he's extremely intelligent he knows his history he knows his stuff he knows his words anytime I talk to him I use the wrong words and he's like and I go is that the wrong word and he sweetly corrects me I'm like I'm <laughs> I'm not a wordsmith yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. Bill. but no it's it's really incredible to just see what he's done and i mean we only have the two issues out so it's really frustrating because i it, they're so good and you do have to read the whole series to really appreciate bill's craft and how he ties everything together and 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 he really makes you care about characters which is really lacking you don't if i watch a movie if i read a comic or or even listen to a song there needs to be an arc. There needs to be character development. I need something where I'm not just like, why, why is this? Why do I care? Yeah. So he's looking around going, what, what's happening? Um, and Bill understands that. So issue three, I can't say a date yet. We're, you know, waiting on Leonardo, uh, Leonardo. And, and I honestly don't want to rush Leonardo because like, when you look at that artwork, you can see that obviously, I mean, he goes, he goes into the microscopic backgrounds of the people so with detail. And I'm like, he's, <laughs> of course, this is going to take a long time. So I tell people who are a little impatient, just wait till we get out the the, the, the paperback or the, the uh, hardcover yeah. and all the issues are in there and you can read them all through, but we're not, we're not going to rush Leonardo. We're going to let his magic flow organically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely working. You know, the one thing about Bill Willingham is he's uncompromising. So uh, he could be sweet. He could be all these things. But I think he knows what real art is as well. And uh, I love, love, love what he's done with Fables um, yeah. and the stand that he's taken. Have you read all of it, the Fables? Not like all of them, but I've read a lot of them. And uh, I mean, he's just an incredible storyteller. Um, but for him to take the stand that he did about his story and about uh, another group not fulfilling their end of a bargain and then him taking it and just make it part of public domain. I just, yeah. it's, it's such a ballsy thing to do, but uh, it really brought a lot of light, I think in an area for creators that mm -hmm. I think is really important. So he's, I don't know, I feel like he's sacrificing a lot for the next generation of creators 
um, yeah. so that they don't have those kind of situations. You have to respect that, but he's also just an incredible creator. So you have such an amazing person on fire and ice that uh, I think it'll be worth the wait when all those issues do come out. And like you said, the, the artwork is just so uh, respectful of what Frank uh, Frazetta has done um, historically that uh, it all needs to come together in its own time. And I think we'll all be happy when it does. Yeah, I agree with you. It's beautifully said. And I, I, I love how Bill stood up for creators and that is, those are the type of people that I want to align my business with and the Frazetta brand with it. It's like, that's, that's what my grandpa was known for standing up for his rights as an artist, taking back the originals, making sure he was compensated with licensing. My grandma was, you know, ruled with the iron fist, but it's the only way you have to become that person when you're dealing with other people and licensing and trying to just make sure everyone's doing the right thing. And it's like, you know, to go on a little bit of a, a, a rant, but we, so many people will point their fingers at like corporations, the big people and what we can do in this moment of time as like someone like me owning this business, yeah. I have an opportunity as I'm building this business to change the way businesses are ran by what I can single-handedly do, which is, bring artists in and give them a royalty, bring people in and say, you know what, we're going to create this together and you're going to own it. And you're going to get a say on what happens with it because you're putting your heart and soul into this. And what, what I've seen in the past with what other big companies do and how they just dis discard the artist, the creator who made this character and they have no say in what happens in the movies or anything. It's like, that's not fair, but Again, you have to have a solution. If you're saying these words, well, then you do it. If you have the opportunity to do it, you have to do it. Not everyone has that opportunity, but if you do get blessed enough to have it, you better you better do something about it so we can all kind of change the course of how everything is ran. Yeah, uh, nicely said. I agree with you. Are there other titles um, that will be moving over to Dynamite from Opus as well, or is it something you're not allowed to talk about yet? Not allowed to talk about yet, but yeah, we'll we'll have some updates on all of that soon. With the speaking of people who don't handle things correctly, Opus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do bring have, up a, a, a source yeah. about that all, Sarah. But uh, I know, like Mothman, right now is on. I think um, issue four is about to come out uh, very soon. So there, you know, there's some other titles that I think would be awesome with uh, Dynamite. Dynamite's such a great uh, publisher. Yeah, they've done they've done an incredible job. And, you know, Nick, that's why he's still around. It's yeah. because he's done the right thing. And it's it's a comics are a difficult business. I mean, they are when you really look at the margins and the cost of things. It's a it's an expensive uh, it's an expensive venture. And you have to you know be aware of that. And then, you know, I, when I personally crunch numbers, I'm like, geez, you get, get more respect for the people that take it on and yeah. the risks that they take. Um, but yeah, to, to, to see that and then think about how long Nick's been doing this, it's, it's pretty incredible. And I've told him that I'm like, Nick, hats off to you. Good job. That's <laughs> a lot of passion you have to have for comics to, to keep going. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, no one really gets rich in comics. Um, that's what I've been told from a lot of people. So yeah, you're very right. Razor thin margins. Um, but from a marketing standpoint, right, it's a, a really good way to get your message out there, your story out there. And then you got to find other ways to make money out of it outside of comics. Is what yeah. I'm told. yeah, you got merchandise. <laughs> you gotta, exactly. you gotta, well, and I think it's like so many of these these people um, from what I've seen with with comics and new new people popping up and then going away. It's like, 
their whole goal is to just get it to Hollywood. And it's like that we, there are so many terrible movies and series out there. I mean, I, I've just been on the app scanning. I'm like, can I get a decent romantic comedy? And it's just, it's like impossible, but like, it's, it's, it, that I think that's they're they're overlooking the whole point is like you have a great story something will come from it organically you don't have to just rush something together in hopes that oh this is my pitch deck I mean or that and I think that's what so much has been lost in comics I mean my mom is like my biggest critic with anything that I do I, she's also my biggest supporter but with she always refers to like the house of mystery those were her favorite favorite comics yeah. and she's like you know the writing was just so much better. There was so much, there was more dialogue. It was, it was, it was smarter. It was more intriguing. I could just sit there and get into the world. And she's like, I just don't see that these days. And I'm like, well, yeah, because everything's coming out so quick. People are just trying to, again, use it as the catalyst to something else. And they're not putting their heart into it because at that time, comics were just comics. I mean, no one had the means to just produce a movie out of it. That's not the way the industry works. So I think we do have to like figure out a way, like if you really want to make a comic, make a comic. Don't, don't just assume that it's going to become this huge series. Cause yeah. probably, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Most of them don't. Right. No, most of them don't. So just yeah. be happy that you made something <laughs> and, it's, and it's exciting and someone can open it who really loves comics and sit there and escape the world. And that's the point, like help people with their imagination and escape. We, God knows we all need it right now. We need to escape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all looking for escapes. And uh, I agree with you. Can we talk a little bit about merchandising? Because for Zeta Girls, you're killing it on the merchandising side. And we just got Dark Wolf um, action figure a couple months ago. So I've already ordered mine through the website. So we'll wait for that to come in. But man, um, how exciting is that? And uh, I'm I'm hoping there's going to be a Tigra, um, a Larn, uh, you know, what else can we talk about um, when it comes to action figures? I'm sure you have a good plan for that. Yes. And thank you for, <laughs> for your support and saying that. That's so kind. I mean, the action figures have been the most gratifying merchandising venture that we have done so far because yeah. man, you guys, the collectors, like <laughs> true collectors and, yeah. and it's like, you know, the, mostly men are collecting the action figures. I have to say there's a few women, but mostly I'd say 95% men. And I just like can feel like the spirit of like your little inner child boys coming out. Like, <laughs> and, and it's so cute and I love it so much. And like, I have that <laughs> inner child little girl, like with Barbie and I have my Polly Pockets and just to be able to like see something and pose it and, yeah. and, and look at the detail. And so it's, it's, it's really an incredible thing to, to go into this just because of the love behind it. Um, but yeah, the dark wolf, we're really happy with it. I mean, the more it's, it's like kind of like a process of like letting it soak in like yesterday we my mom got her first. She hasn't, she hadn't, she didn't even have the dark wolf yet. So <laughs> I finally brought her a dark wolf and I'm like, mom, I'm so sorry. And she took it out of the package and she was changing the hands and putting the accent and she had him battling with the Mezco Conan. And, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I was like, mom, I'm like, this is so cute to watch you playing with your action figures. <laughs> so, and, and she's like, I can't wait for more. So we will be revealing Tigra very soon. She is next. It's been rumored that she's next and that confirmed she's, she's coming. Um, and she'll have her, her, uh, her Panther Shatan Swift killer. Um, so, and it, she looks great. We, we've, we're really, really, really particular on the sculpt because again, it's Rosetta. So it's like articulation, <laughs> yes, but there has to be some kind of 
you know, a little bit of a give when it comes to what comes first and is it articulation or is it going to be sculpt? It's always going to be sculpt. Sculpt so, has to be, it has to be. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, most of us take our figures out of the package and we put them in the position we want them and they sit there for a while and then we'll go and we'll dust everything off and we might change a position, but everyone talks about articulation and I get it. Articulation is important, but really um, being true to the character is most important. I could tell you, most collectors will tell you that. And so I'm so happy to hear that because if Tigra doesn't look like Tigra in the 1983 fire and ice, then no one's going to be happy with it. No, she's got to be hot. Like, she's got to be hot. I'm telling you right now, it was, it was like my first crush. I'm like, who the hell is this? And why am I in love with the cartoon? Yeah, well, she looks... <laughs> My, oh my God, speaking of that, my grandpa, oh my gosh. So I was going through all these old newspaper articles uh, that he did interviews for back in the 80s, a couple of years after uh, Fire and Ice came out. And he said, the, I, now I know where I get my bluntness from. He goes, <laughs> he comes back and he was telling telling the reporter, he goes, yeah, you know, I, I heard about all these magnificent looking women and heroic looking men in Hollywood. I didn't see any. And he goes, he goes, he goes, none of them compare with my Frazetta girls. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it is so, what it yeah. is. so that's why I had a crush on Tigra because yeah. it was Frazetta's making the ultimate female. And, and I mean, I have to say his men are pretty good looking too. The Larn, I mean, he, he looks yeah. good. Dark Wolf, he looks good. I mean, those serrations, he's, he looks great. So yeah. even my mom was saying, she goes, he's handsome. And I go, see, it's so funny how we're talking about an action figure. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i'm so glad that you have more action figures coming i i do think that'll probably be one of the biggest things that you sell on your website um yeah. just because it's i don't know it, right the now don't lie you're at, you're correct like i mean the numbers <laughs> i was like oh, <laughs> and and we started doing it i think i've said it this before but you know we we were asking so many companies to do dark wolf we're like please someone do dark wolf please like Every so many people were asking for years, and then Joe is really intelligent and very capable and very just like just he's he's on another level of of capabilities. So he was like, "I'll make a dark, I'll I'll make Dark Wolf, I'll make action figures, I'll figure it out." And he every single day he had his head down on the computer for like eight months, yeah. focused, working, working with Amon, working with Matt, like all, like our whole team coming together. Trevor with the photography. I mean, it was like. It was amazing to see it all come together. So yeah, Tigra and then other ones that I can't yeah, announce a, yet, but yeah. they're 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 in the works and they're being they're being created and they look amazing. So it's cool. really exciting. You're a writer as well. So I have right here, which I uh, finished. I had a hard time finding uh, one issue, but we got Dead Flowers. Oh, you got the Dead Flowers. Yeah. yeah. That was very yeah. exciting. And then obviously you did some Red Sonia. So where did... Like, what did that transition from owner of Frazetta Girls trying to get uh, all these amazing uh, properties out to fans to I'm a writer as well? Because I think it's awesome. Well, okay. So, well, with Red Sonia, I did some variant covers. So, I haven't been a writer there yet. But with uh -huh. Vampirilla, I was given the opportunity by Nick, Nick Ferrucci. He came to me and Matt Idelson, who's the editor, and they were like, hey, do you want to do a series? And I really think it's because they, they I don't even know if they knew I was a writer. I think they just were basing it off of the fact that I was doing covers and I was getting a little bit of traction when I was doing my art. And, you know, I, I started art just because I really wanted to know how good grandpa was. And <laughs> I was like, damn, he's a wizard. 
Like, <laughs> I think that's and, unfair for anybody to try and compare themselves to Frank Rosetta, though. That's it is, tough, it's, right? it's totally unfair. But but that was really just like the, the point of just being even having an interest so I could talk to artists and have more of an understanding. I'm yeah. a I have to be a hands on learner. So if I'm not doing it, I won't understand it. I'll be like, hibbity hooba. I don't know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> so so it helped me understand it and just, I guess, respect it a bit more. Um, but in no way will I call myself an actual artist or an actual writer because any artist and Frazetta is probably the exception to this rule, but any artist, you know, they're spending 10 to 12 hours a day at their craft writers like Bill Willingham talking to him the other day, talking about how he became the writer he is. And he's like, I dedicate my life to it. And it's like, that's when you become that. Um, for me, my baby is Frazetta girls. Um, I do love to dabble in creative endeavors and it was so fun talking to because Bob Freeman was my co-writer on it. Um, I did need a co-writer because I'm not a writer. And <laughs> so, so awesome. going back and conceptualizing and, and going back and forth with him on the script names, names are really important to me, um, what they symbolize. So there was a lot of like working parts to it and thinking, you know, just it was all Bob's idea with the homage to my grandpa and bringing him and meeting Vampirella. And I was like, that would be his fantasy, right? Like, let's, let's do that. And, sure. and then of course, a lot of it was just personal things that hauntings that happened to me when I was a little girl and I wanted to incorporate that in it. So it was, it was fun having that experience. And, you know, Bob and I talk about maybe doing other things down the line. Um, right now I'm focusing on, I've been writing little short films and they're of course horror and I can't seem to get away from the horror genre. I'm like, oh, I like <laughs> this is fun. This is what I like. Um, so, so I'm on. I'm writing my second short film now. Uh, my first short film is it'll come out soon. It's it's not going to be anything profound because you have to start from like it's like I look at my first drawing and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I posted out on the internet. But I want to keep doing that with any creative thing that I uh, have an endeavor with with because it's like you it's an, a source of inspiration. Like, look, look where you started. You can see some potential in it. Like you're like, oh, I, I think I can keep going with this. But again, you have to, to become, again, I wouldn't even say, oh, I'm a filmmaker. You have to dedicate your life to that. So it's really whatever is sparking my interest at the time where I'm like, this is what I want to do now. And probably a year from now, I'll be doing something completely different. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is like what I want to do now. So it's, yeah. I'm just, I'm a, a person that just kind of moves around to whatever is inspiring me at the moment. Is there a uh, character or a creation of your grandfather's that you would love to write? Funny you ask. Yes. Recently, <laughs> one character that I, I, I think I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to cement it by manifesting it and saying it. There you go. Sea <laughs> uh, Witch. So yeah. his character Sea Witch, i I started thinking of a backstory for her and 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 just like a, an overall of a progression of like how she became sea witch and I'm I'm really I I love nature I love animals and and to be able to like think of a this like this this insidious sea witch in the sea with all of her creatures or octopus and everything else I'm like oh my gosh like what would that feel like so I've been working on that a little bit we'll see if it becomes anything um, it's, it's, it's such a, that for me is a little bit scarier because it's Frazetta and it's like, I have to, I have to be, I have to come like so prepared before I even touch any of his characters. You're a Frazetta though, Sarah. So I think it's, oh, forgive me if it's bad. I'll be like, 
<laughs> look from, from above down and go, oh God, stop embarrassing yourself. <laughs> so would you want to do like a, a comic book of Seawit? Is that kind of what you're thinking or would it be a short story? Would it be a film? Like, what are you thinking? Uh, at the, I think initially I was thinking more of like a short story, okay. um, but it would be interesting to possibly see it as a comic. Um, I, I mean, I can, I, what I've written so far, I'm like, oh, I can, I can see how I would want the panels to, to look. Um, so, so yeah, maybe a graphic novel, maybe coming to the, in the middle. That would be very cool. That would be very cool. And how about art? Anything else coming from you from an artistic standpoint in comics? Any uh, not, covers not, or anything like that? Not yet. I've been, I, I have to really be in the right mindset. Like I owe so many people right now, <laughs> uh, blanks that I was doing drawings on and I'm like, I'll get them to you. I told, and I, and I told them this, I'm sorry guys, you know who you are if you're watching. Um, <laughs> but I told them, I said, I said, it might be, take me a month. It might take me like nine months because it has, I have to wait for the inspiration to hit me, um, to get back into it again. Otherwise I'm just, yeah. just going to do crappy stuff. I have to have that flow. That's why I don't want to rush other artists. I get it. I'm like, just it has to, it has to be the time unless you're doing it as a career. Then you don't, you don't have the luxury of doing that. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> That's why awesome. sometimes you got to keep your hobbies as your, like, or your passions as your hobbies, because yeah. then when it becomes your passion becomes work. Yeah. Kind of lose a little bit of that kind of. Yeah. Uh, you have to do it. Yeah. 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 You're like, Oh, I have to make money with this. <laughs> so, you know, talking about drive, um, the drive around Frazetta girls, how do you maintain that? And what's the inspiration around that? The drive with that is just very organic. Like I yeah. honestly, I wake up now point where we are now, I wake up and I'm excited. I'm like, okay, what are we taking on today? And because my grandpa was so such a visionary, there's so many ways to take it. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like I might, I have so many different interests. So there's just, and there's so many different people that he impacted, like, music fashion uh comics like there there's just it's it's great filmmaking there's endless amounts of inspiration and and ways to take this so i have to be my my biggest thing is being patient with all of these ideas that i have and that i want to come to life and um it's it's but i get i mean i, I cannot wait to reveal tigra i was like a little child yesterday i'm like <laughs> when, when are we going to do Rosetta Friday reveals? Like, tell me that's going to be today. And he's like, it's not ready yet. And I'm like, yeah. so it's just, it's, it's everyone's like energy. I think coming back, you know, through the internet and stuff and like through you right now, like asking the questions, like we're all like collectively excited about it. So now it's just like, now I, I can like feel the future where I'm like, God, this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm going to get more and more excited about it. It's like, it's so much fun. And it's kind of like, just like an, like I said earlier, it was, it, it grew very slowly and almost like accidentally of me getting into this position. It might've been fate. It might've been accidental, but I'm like trying to wrap my head around. And I was like, I, I would never have imagined my life would be this now. Like I always, like I said, I love creativity. I, I, you know, always thought about like specifically like filmmaking. I always wanted to be an actress, like, you know, just something, something center of attention. Right. My well, grandparents artistic, right? <laughs> yeah, my grandparents did that to me. They yeah. put me on a little in the little corner of the room, and be like, "Perform, Sarah. You do go." And I, you know, give me like all the accolades. And they're my grandparents. They all do that for us. But yeah. that stuck with me. So to look at it now and go, "Wow!" Like I never would have expected this to be my path. I'm just really humbled and honored to to do this. 
Awesome. Now, as far as like comic cons, I know you've been doing some of those. Do you have like a calendar of events that you're doing this year of comic cons where fans could come meet you and see all the Frazetta girls uh, stuff laid out on a table? Yeah, well, we will be at comic cons. Uh, we probably won't have anything laid out on the table. I, I mentioned it before, like maybe a year ago, that yeah. when we do come back to conventions, it will probably be like huge like we're we're gonna make a statement similar to like marvel yeah <laughs> it's just gonna be like here's and i'll probably be old by then but in the <laughs> in the meantime um we will we'll be at san diego comic-con again um most likely doing panels yeah. um and then we'll be at new york comic-con we might try to do some toy conventions this year because of the action figures um, so we were just at OAX in Orlando. That was for comic art, original comic art. So we're kind of, we're kind of free flowing right now and, and seeing where we land and we'll have more of a concrete schedule, I'm sure in the future. Yeah. I mean, the, the action figures opens up a whole nother world. And, you know, it's funny, you go to comic cons and, uh, there's a bazillion of them right throughout the year. Yeah. There's yeah. a bazillion toy ones that are just focused on toys. So yeah, you oh, got like a power battle. Yeah, yeah, that's where Eamon was, and he and I was like, "Gosh, I'm like, this is." So I, I think a, a lot of it, if we if we pop in, we'll kind of be popping in as guests and accompanying people at their booths, and yeah, that. yeah. But, yeah. But I'll keep everyone updated on social media. I'll, I always post my whereabouts, probably to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, careful with that, Sarah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Sarah, I don't know if we left out anything. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about what's going on with Rosetta Girls? I mean, there's a lot. Uh, you post a lot, which is awesome. So, yeah, it's really awesome. You're are, like, yeah. I feel like I'm always up to date with uh, following Rosetta Girls. But is there something else that uh, maybe we haven't mentioned that is worth mentioning? One thing, we do have a Tigra one-shot coming on February 28th. And that is also written by Bill Willingham. And the art, as we switched it up, it's uh, Gabriel DeCaro. Okay. And we, he, wait till you see this Tigra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gabriel, he knows how to bring, he's Italian. He knows how to bring the, the sexy. I love it. Girl. So it's, <laughs> I was very, I, I think I was channeling Frank when I was getting the pages. I was like, oh yeah. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> I, like, I can't wait to see it. On her. So yeah, that's <laughs> going to be an issue all you uh, men don't want to miss and women yep. who like beauty and curves you'll want to see this tiger one shot <laughs> that's about it <laughs> that's about it i love it i love it well with that <laughs> yeah 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 and that will be through dynamite right yes through dynamite yeah, yeah i did see the foc on that so uh yeah the foc is already passed but anybody listening to this all they have to do is go to their comic book shop and make sure that they order it still plenty of time to ensure that they have that on the shelf but if your comic book store is already has uh the fire and ice they're probably going to have the tigra as well which is great yeah sarah yeah. i just want to say thank you i'm big fan of everything that you're doing with frazetta girls so glad to see that someone like you and your passion around your grandfather and everything that he brought to the art world, uh, the television world, uh, the comic book world, that uh, everything um, is being kept alive through your passion. I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, I hope we could do this again as more and more information comes out around action figures and other IP that maybe will come through Dynamite. Um, it would be great to have you back when you're able to talk about those things. I'll be back. I love this, Tommy. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate you, Sarah, and have a great rest of your uh, weekend. You too. All right, bye-bye.